Reporting in progress. Okay, thank you. We are talking about financial management. And I wanted to um, define two things, financial plan and then personal finances. So one, financial plan. It is a roadmap, a wealth building roadmap that helps us to achieve our goals. And then personal finances. It is the process of making money, saving money, building wealth and protecting assets. And so I hope that by the end of today's message, I would have been able to give us a plan or um, a roadmap that will help us achieve um, our financial goals. Amen. The next thing I want us to tackle is um, God and finances. Does God wants the believer to be rich. And so um, one of the verses, I'm, I'm going to read four verses, two from the Old Testament and then two from the New Testament, because I don't want people going like, well, that is the Old Testament. What about the New Testament? So we are going to read two from the Old Testament and then two from the New Testament. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22. The blessing of the Lord makes a person rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. Deuteronomy 8, 18. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth, and so confirms his covenants, which he swore to your ancestors, as it is today. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that being rich, he became poor for your sakes, that through his poverty, you might become rich. Amen. And the last one is from 3 John 2. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Amen. He says in all things, in all things. That's, that's the kind of God that we serve. He wants to give us, um, what, whenever he wants to give us something, he wants to make it holistic. He wants to make it whole. And so God desires us to be rich. God desires us to be wealthy. I guess usually the problem with um, the mindset that people have with riches is they feel that, you know, there are a lot of people who are extravagant. When they have money, they get extravagant and they do a lot of things. And so it makes it look ungodly, right? But as Christians, we are not called to be extravagant, but we are definitely called to um to kingdom um works right to um advance um the works of the kingdom and so God does wants us to be rich. The next thing I want us to tackle is why does God wants us to prosper? Why does God us to be rich? Okay, before then I want us to talk about prosperity. When we say prosperity, what exactly is prosperity? In third John we just read that beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things. He said all things. So there are five dimensions of prosperity. When we talk about prosperity, usually people just think about finances, money, but there's more to it than just money. So the first one in order of um, importance is spiritual prosperity. So when we talk about spiritual prosperity, we are talking about your relationship with God. It should be on point, right? That is why Jesus came to die. He came to die to reconcile us with the father he came to die so that we could have a relationship with the father so it is important for us to have that fellowship with the holy spirit to read the word speak the word you know balances out with prayer so that is spiritual prosperity and then number two mental prosperity god wants us to be mentally sound he wants us to have a healthy mindset about god and we develop this through the word right as you read the word the bible calls us um admonishes us to not be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And so your mental health is very important to God. The way you think about God is very important to God. The way you think about things is very important to God. And you have to realize that you cannot rise above the way you think. The Bible says that as a man thinketh, so is he. The way you think is very important. It decides where you go. It determines the trajectory of your life. You can't be what you don't first think in your mind. I was listening to one pastor. He says that we build things um, two times. You first build it in your mind before building it in the physical. So your mind is very important. I read another book. Um, I think it's Think and Grow Rich. He says that your mind is a fertile um, garden. 
and whatever comes in is like it's like a seed, right? You are sowing seeds into it, and then it's eventually it's going to produce. Eventually, whatever you are, your attitudes, whatever you do, it's it's because of your mindset. Amen. And so God wants us up here to be mentally sound and mentally prosperous. Amen. The third one is physical prosperity. So I'm talking about our health, bodily prosperity. It's it's important that we are well and sound in our body. I mean, when you, when you are sick, it's it's like your your whole world has come to an end, right? It's very important that you keep this body well. It doesn't matter how well you know your spirit is. If this body is not is not doing well, it's not thriving. Your spirit is going to leave. You're going to die, right? So for us to be able to um, do what God has called us to do on this earth. He needs this body to be able to thrive. And so it's important that um, we exercise. It is important that we eat well. It is important that just take care of this body, sleep, have a good sleep. Recently, I've started um, exercising. My husband is always complaining. He's like, I'm always sitting at one place. I'm always sitting at my desk. And especially with this work from home thing, I don't go anywhere. I'm just home, just sitting behind my desk and um. Thankfully, it is summer now, so I can go out. I have my um, my Apple Watch on, so I've been counting. I've been um, setting goals. I set goals, 30 minutes goals. I go for a walk. Um, he's he's actually bought me dumbbells. I told him I wanted five pounds, but he ended up he ended up buying me ten pounds. But um, it's all good. So I've been using I've been using the ten pound dumbbell, and um, it's been good. Honestly, it's been good. Um, yesterday was it yesterday or two days ago? I was I was feeling a slight headache. And under normal circumstances, I would have just gone to bed, but um, I was like, I have a goal to achieve. So I got up and then I started doing the exercise. And by the time I was done, my headache was gone. I was like, wow, it's it's so important, you know, to just take good care of yourself. God wants us to be physically prosperous. Amen. The fourth one is financial prosperity or material prosperity, which is what we'll be talking about today, financial um, prosperity. So financial prosperity is, what is it? It's to have abundance. That is where God wants us to be, a place where we are not just surviving. He wants us to be in a place where we lack nothing. The Bible says that, and my God shall supply all your needs. He said all, not some, all of your needs. So God wants us to live abundantly. I mean, if you don't have money, how are we going to even help? other people, if you don't have enough to take care of yourself, how are you going to help other people? How are you going to be a blessing to others? So God wants us to be financially prosperous. And the last one is relationship prosperity. In Romans, is it Romans? Romans chapter 12, verse 18. It says, if it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. God wants us to live at peace. He wants us to be at peace with everybody, with all men. If you think that money is powerful, try men. Seriously, try men. There's, there's an adage, a popular adage that says that it is who you know, not what you know. And this is very important, especially in professional circles. It's in my in my workplace, they talk a lot about networking, 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 because that networking opportunity is what is going to get you your your um your promotion. It's what's going to get you your next big break. So it is very important. Don't take men for granted. Don't like money so much that you pursue you know you pursue money at the expense of men. Love men. Be in good relationships with people. For um, it is through men that God blesses us. We will talk about that. As we go on. Amen. So I talked about five dimensions of prosperity. One, spiritual prosperity. Two, mental prosperity. Three, physical prosperity. Four, material or financial prosperity. And five, relationship prosperity. So when the Bible talks about being prosperous, he wants us to prosper in all these five dimensions. Amen. Now, why does God want us to prosper? Why does God wants us to prosper? So one, for our own comforts. I know that some people are really fighting as they are like, but that's really, it's for our own comforts. God wants you to do well. God wants you to be able to take care of your children. God wants you to be able to um, pay your, your children's school fees. God wants you to be able to feed your children. God wants you to be able to provide 
for your family. He doesn't want you thinking about where am I going to get the next meal. He doesn't want you to be in a survival mode. God wants us to be able to take care of ourselves. God wants us to be in a place where we are comfortable, in a place where we, we have a lot, we have an um, abundance to take care of our needs. Amen. Number two, to advance the kingdom. That's another reason why God wants us to prosper. We need money to send out missionaries. We need money to feed the poor. We need money. Whatever we are doing in the church, it is money. If you are going to print um, stuff out to evangelize people, it is money. If you are going to hold crusades, it is money. If you are going to send out missionaries, it is money. We need money. Don't let anybody tell you that the church doesn't need money. We need a lot of money. We need lots and lots of money. So please. When you have money, remember that this is one of the reasons why God has blessed you with the money to advance the kingdom of God. Amen. And the third one is to show God's love to the world. God wants us to show love to the world. The Bible says that um, Romans, sorry, um, John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. When you love people, you give. That's what you do. That's how you show love to people. You just give. So these are the three reasons why God wants us to do well. One, for our own comforts. Two, for the church. And three, for the world. To prosper the world. To show, I mean, to show God's love to the world. Amen. The other thing I want us to talk, there are certain fundamental truths about money. Right, I want us to have these truths about money so that we are not in a place where um, we love, love money so much. We are just pursuing money. It's all about money. That is not what God wants for us. Remember that money is just a tool. It's just a tool to advance the purposes of God. It's just a tool to um, to show um, the, um, the world love. It's just a tool. That's what money is. It's not something you're supposed to um you know pursue with all your mind pursue with all run after that is not god's goal for us and so there are certain truths about money that i want us to have and i believe that when we have this truth about money it will shift our perspective or it will help us have a healthy relationship with money amen so number one is wealth is from god and it belongs to god james chapter 1 verse 17 Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. So that's one truth I want us to have, that he's the source of all prosperity. He's the source of all blessings. Whatever comes into your life as a child of God, know that it comes from God. It is God that blessed you. Yes, you may be going to work and you are doing the work with your hands, whatever. But at the end of the day, it is God. God is the one who opens those doors for you. God is the one who brings those people into your life. God is whatever it is that you have in your life, whatever blessing you have in your life, know that it is from God. Amen. The second one is blessings come through men. God blesses us through men. Amen. Remember I talked about um, relationship prosperity, how it is important to treat men right. This is one this is, I mean, the reason why you need to treat men right. Because God is going to bless you through men. Dollars are not in heaven. I read a book um, um, about prosperity from um, Kenneth Hagen. And God was teaching him about money. And he's, and God told him that there is no money. There is no dollar. They, we don't have dollars here in heaven. All the dollars that we need to spend, they are right here on earth. The money that needs to come into your hands is with somebody else. And so you need to treat people right. Because if God is going to bless you, he's going to use another man to bless you. He's going to send somebody to come give you the money. He's going to send somebody to come give you that opportunity. He's going to send somebody to introduce you to somebody. So be nice to men. Treat relationships right. Because God blesses us through men. Amen. I want us to read um, something from Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Luke 6, 38. It's a, it's a um, very common scripture that we read all the time. Um, I don't want to read it amplified. My phone is not... Okay, let me just read the amplified. So Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Give and it will be given to you. 
they will pour into your lap a good measure, pressed down, shaking together. I didn't want to read the amplified because here it says they will pour, but in other versions, it says men, men will pour. So it's not God. He's going to use men, whatever you give, whatever you sow. It's, so this is not just about money, right? If you're going to sow kindness. If you want to get kindness, you got to sow kindness. Whatever it is that you're going to sow, you're going to get it from men. And so it is very important that we realize that when God blesses us, he uses men. Amen. And then the third thing I want us to talk about is wealth is not an achievement. In, in this kingdom, wealth is not an achievement. It is a trust. It is a trust from God. Remember that the first um the first um truth was that it belongs to God, right? And so it is a trust. It is not yours. We are only called to be stewards. We are called to be stewards. We are not owners. Anything that God blesses us with, we are only stewards. And so it requires that we um we manage it correctly. It requires that we be faithful. That is what God has called us to do, to be faithful with whatever he entrusts us with. Amen. So money doesn't belong to you. Wealth does not belong to you. You are only a steward and you are required to manage it properly. And so we can read from Matthew chapter. I, I don't want. I don't want us to read the whole thing. The parable of the talents, right? Where um, the story about where the um the owner gave talents to three different people, and they all did different things with it. Some managed it properly. Others didn't do a very good job of it. And the one, the the ones who did a very good job, he gave them. He took from the one who did not do a good job, and then gave it to the one who did um the good job. Right. So that is what God is going to do with us. If we do not manage what He has given to us, He's going to take it from us and then give it to somebody else. Amen. Okay, so now that we have this, this was, this was just the foundation. I, I wanted us to um, have this, talk about this so that we can have um, proper balance and um, a proper relationship with money. Amen. So now that we have talked about this, I want us to get into practical ways, things that we can do to um, actually build wealth. Amen. So remember that I um, in the beginning, I mentioned that... Um, I talked about having a financial plan and I said that it is a roadmap to help us achieve our goals. So I'm going to give us a number of goals that we need to have if we want to build wealth or if we are to manage our, um, our finances properly. Amen. Okay, so the first goal is to have an emergency account. Have an emergency account. So before I talk about that, I want to I want to say something that I heard from another man of God. He says he said that whatever God blesses you with, there is bread for today and seed for tomorrow. Whatever God blesses you with, there is bread for today and seed for tomorrow. The bread you are supposed to eat to satisfy your need for today, the seed you are supposed to sow to secure your future. Amen. And so do not, um, he said, do not, um, do not sow your bread and then eat your seed. When you sow your bread, you've ruined it. I mean, you can't go and dig the earth and put the bread. It's just going to rot, right? It's, it won't be of any good to you. And then if you eat your seed, I mean, seeds are so small, very tiny. They are not even satisfying. They are not even tasty. And so if you are going to eat your seed, like it's it's really a waste. Whereas if you have sowed that seed, let's say um, orange seed, it's the orange seed. The next day, you're probably going to poop it out. But if you sow it, it's going to grow into a beautiful tree. And you're going to get so many fruits that you can that can satisfy you today and tomorrow. And so I thought that was like, it, it was very um, enlightening for me. That's don't, don't sow your bread and eat your seed. Rather, eat your bread and then sow your seed. So he was talking about how like two um, extreme people, the generation before us, usually they would, you know, save everything, save, 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 and then, um, you know, neglect themselves. They don't they don't spend, they just save everything. And then after they die, that's when their family members come to realize, wow, 
this man was really rich. He had all these properties. And yes, there were people in his house who didn't even have good clothes to wear, right? Because all they thought about was save, save, save. They didn't get to enjoy anything. And then we have this bad generation who just eats, eats, eats. We don't save anything. We just spend everything. And then we live from paycheck to paycheck. We actually um, have a lot of debts. We have a debt culture. Like everything is debts, debts, debts. We don't, we don't own anything. All we do is oh, 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 oh. And so there needs to be a balance. You need to realize that whatever God blesses you with, there is bread for today and then seed for tomorrow. Amen. And so that brings me to um, my number one goal. Have an emergency account. So what is an emergency? I mean, you can define it for yourself. But really, an emergency is anything that is unexpected, right? An unexpected event. So just, I think two days ago, we had an email from um, our apartments, the managers, and they were like, some people had their tires, the tires on their car taken off. All four tires had been taken off. Can you imagine you wake up and you want to go to work and then you get down and then you see that all your four tires are gone. Where are you going to get money from to buy those tires? Tires are really expensive. And that's where an emergency account would help, right? If you didn't have an emergency account, it means that you're probably going to borrow. You're going to go into debt to, you know, pay for those tires because it's, it's important. You need to have the tires on your car so that you can go to work. You're not going to just leave it there. And so it's important to have an emergency account. So, to, you know, just to take care of emergencies, you could lose your job, God forbid, but you could lose your job, anything could happen. And so usually um, experts say that it is good to save about three to six months of your expenses. That is like the ultimate goal, to save three to six months of your expenses. But um, it's just like exercising, right? You want to start small. You want to, you, you don't want to get, you don't want to start, you know, start with a 10 pound dumbbell so that um it's, you know, it's, it discourages you from actually doing what you need to do. So you could start with five pounds and then build it up, build it up, you know, eventually. So for me, I would say that you could start with a month. You could, the ult ultimately we want to be able to get to three to six months, but before we get there, of course, before you even get to three to six months, you should be able to save at least a month and then two months and then three months, right? So for me, I would say that start with about $1,000. Make that your goal. Have that goal. So you want to have like different goals, right? So the first goal is $1,000. And then the ultimate goal is to be able to build it up to three to six months of your expenses. So what I want you to do right now is take a pen and a paper and write, you know, maybe you can't check it right now, but later you could do that. So just check how much savings do I have in my account? How much, how, how far can that savings take me? Is it one month worth? Is it two months worth? Is it three months worth? Because that's going to help us with our goal, right? So if you have only one month, then you know that, okay, I have a goal. I need to be able to add two more months to it. If it's just, if you have zero, then you have a long way to go. So you could start with a thousand and then build it, you know, um, gradually to the three to six months. So um, this, as I was researching, right, or as I was preparing for this, I saw this and I thought that was like really astonishing. And that's something I want to share with us. That's there's research that shows that 42% of Americans have less than thousand dollars in savings as of 2022. They don't have $1,000 in their savings. And I'm talking about adults. I'm not talking about young people. I'm talking about adults, people who have been working for five years, 10 years. They don't have $1,000 in their savings. And I thought, wow, like that is sad. If something happened right now, what, what are you going to do? You're just going to borrow, borrow, borrow. And we're going to talk about that, getting out of debt. Because if you're going to build wealth like Debts is a non-starter. You, you, you don't want to have debts in your life. Amen. And then another thing he said was the average American savings account balance is 4,500. And 10% of Americans have no savings at all. So that's like 25 million Americans. They don't have any savings whatsoever. 
they just live from paycheck to paycheck to paycheck to paycheck. Amen. Remember what I said at the beginning, that whatever God blesses you with, there is bread for today and there is seed for tomorrow. Amen. You don't want to eat your seed. I don't, I, I don't care how much you make. It doesn't matter how much you make. Honestly, it doesn't matter how much you make. Regardless of how much you make, you want to make sure that you save something little. If it's $10, it is fine. Whatever it is, whatever you can afford, try to put something away. Don't spend everything that God gives you. Amen. So the second one is, um, I don't know if I so I finished this one. So I was like, find out what your, okay, so first, find out what your monthly expenses is. Write how much you currently have in your savings. And then write um, how long, whatever you have in your savings, what is the worth? How many months worth of savings is that? And then that is going to help you come up with, you know, a goal um, for your emergency accounts. Now, the next thing is, where do you save this um, amounts, this $1,000 that I'm asking us to save or this three to six months of money? Where do you put it? So um, again, when you read Matthew chapter 25, I think it was from 24 to 27, the parable of the talents, you remember the last person, the person, um, he did not he did not trade with the with the talents. He just um put it, I, I don't know where he put it, but he didn't do anything with it. And the master was like, at least you could have put it in the bank, right? And I could have earned an interest. So right here, we are learning something that it is, it is not good or it is not wise to put your money under your pillow or to put your money in your backyard. The least you can do is to earn interest on your money. The least you can do. You need to earn interest on your money. Amen. And um, one of the best ways to earn interest, some good interest on your money, is to put it in an online savings account. Don't keep it in your traditional um, bank account. You don't get a lot of money there. Put it in an online savings account. I mean, if it's just like the $1,000, that is what I recommend. Put it in an online savings account, like Ally, um, Discover, um, and I don't have all the, um, the, the names here, but it's something you can easily Google, right? An online savings account to give you better um, returns. And then as you are building it up, as, as you, you are building this um, emergency accounts up, I want you to put it in a money market account. Now, what is a money market account? It's also a type of savings account that is um, offered by you know banks and credit unions. But the thing is, it has higher interest rates. It has higher interest rates than the typical savings accounts. And then they also limit you on the number of transactions that you can make by either your check or your debit card. But the good thing is it is accessible enough for, for you know, to meet any emergencies that may come up. Amen. So if it's just the $1,000 as you start, I would advise that put it in a savings. The most important thing is we want to keep this money separate from your regular accounts, right? So that you don't easily dip into it. Because if it's in the same place, the next thing you know, you've already spent it and you don't have any emergency savings accounts. So we we want we want them to be separate. We don't want we don't want this money to be in an account that you use to pay your bills, right? It should be separate. Put it somewhere else. And that somewhere else is what I'm 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 saying that you could put it in an online savings account or as, as you are building it up, if it gets to that three months, six months mark, you want to put it in a money market account because that will give you better returns. Amen. Okay, and the next plan, so that's our first goal. Our first goal is to build an emergency account. And then our second goal is to invest in our 401k. So there's a book that I'm reading or that I read, um, The Automatic Millionaire. And if, I mean, I'll recommend that you read it. It's, it's very simple, very easy to read. It has a lot of like steps in there. It's really, you know, teaches you what to do. I mean, I'll be able to go into details in all of these things. But if you do read this book, it's going to really give you um, step by step, like really guide you how to um, manage your money. Amen. So the second one is 401k. So the book that I, I talked about, Automatic Millionaire, it calls it Pay Yourself First. Pay Yourself First. So 
um, the whole point is that um, you are working, right? You are working so many hours. There's importance that you pay yourself first. That's all it's saying. Pay yourself before you pay your bills. Pay yourself before the government even gets its share. And so that's where the 401k comes in or a 403b plan if you work with, um, um, how do we call it? Um, a non-profit, sorry. If you work with a non-profit, the, 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 the other plan is called a 403b. But really, it's the same thing. So a 401k is a retirement savings plan that is sponsored by an employer. And it helps you to plan for your future. So how does it work? I think now it's it's automatic. They enroll you in it. And then if you don't want to, then you have to um, let HR know that you don't want us. But I think now that's what they do in each in every company. It's automatic. They enroll you in it to them. So you they set aside. So you have to decide how much, right? You want to set aside. Um, so you set aside a percentage of your income. And then this is automatically taken out of your paycheck. So if you are paid every month, every month they are going to take it out. If you are paid every two weeks, every two weeks, they're going to take this amount out of your paycheck. So I want to give us certain reasons why we need to enroll in you know, these plans. Some reasons why it would be good to enroll in these plans. So one, you don't pay income tax. I mean, if if you are doing, I, I guess now they have the Roth 401k where you, you still have to pay income tax, but the traditional one, you don't you don't pay any income tax on the money until you you know you take it out. So it's it's upfront, it reduces the taxes that you pay to government. Um in 2023, I think the limit is 22,500. And then if you are 50 years or older, the limit is 30,000. So this is a good way to save money if you are like really diligent and you know, you stick to it, by the end of the year, you would have been able to save 22,500 if you are old, if you are um if you are younger than 50 years old. And then if you are 50, you, you would have saved at least 30,000. And this is not the only thing you're gonna have, because usually um your your employer would also you know contribute some amounts. So usually there is a match. I think usually it's about three percent or four percent. It depends on your company. But usually they will match up to um four percent of whatever you 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 put in. So this is free money. You don't want this money going away. What if if your company is gonna match, I suggest that you definitely put in the money so that you get the match. At least put in enough to get the match that your employer is going to give you. And then um, another good thing about this is you don't have to remember. It's automated. They do everything for you. They take once your money, even before you get the money hitting your, um, your, your bank account, they would have already taken this money out. You don't even see it. You don't feel it's, it's, it's gone, right? It's gone. And then the other thing is by contributing every paycheck, you get to enjoy the benefits of compound interest. What is compound interest? You are earning interest on interest. And that's like that's one of the amazing ways to make money, compound interest. So these are like very good reasons why you should, you should be in a 401k plan if you are not in one and reasons why you should stay in there if you're already in there. Don't, don't take yourself out. Okay. So the next thing is, um, how much should you invest in this account? So experts suggest that you invest about 10 to 15% of your gross income. That's what's like they suggest, 10 to 15%. The book that I talked about, Automatic Millionaire, it gives like, a, um, how do I say? It gives a formula. So it says, if you want to be dead book, don't pay yourself first. That is, don't invest in the 401k. Spend more than you make, borrow money, and carry debts. So that is if you want to be dead broke. Two, if you want to be poor. If you want to be poor, just think about it. It's, it's a nice idea, but I'm not going to do it. And just keep postponing it. And then if you want to be middle class, then 5 to 10%. Put in 5 to 10% of your gross income. If you want to be in the upper middle class, he suggests that you put 10 to 15%. If you want to be rich, 15 to 20%. And then if you want to be rich enough to retire early, 
then at least 20%. So you decide where you want to be. Do you want to be dead broke? Do you want to be in the middle class? Do you want to be in the upper class? Decide where you want to be. Because it's, and that's the nice thing about finances, right? Personal finances. It is personal. At the end of the day, you get, I mean, everybody can tell you what they want you to do, but it is really personal. You need to decide for yourself what's, how much you want to put aside, where you want to be. And so, um, yeah. So if you want to be middle class, five to 10 percent, middle class, 10 to 15 percent, rich, 15 to 20 percent, rich enough to retire early, at least 20 percent. So I, I'm sure a lot of people will go like, well, that's that's huge, right? But the key is it, it doesn't, it don't think about 10%. Oh, 10% is just too much. Start little. The most important thing is you are doing something, right? So you could start with 4%. What I would suggest is at least putting enough to get that company match. That is like really important. That is free money. So don't let that go away. So at least put that, that amount in there, whatever would allow you to take advantage of whatever your company is giving you, put that in there. And then you can, you know, build build upon it gradually. So I don't know if this is for every company, but my company has um something they called, um I don't remember the name, but you get to increase it, right? You get to increase it automatically every, um whatever, when, whenever, I think every year. You get to, so it's automatic. You don't even have to do anything. So let's say you start with 4% and then you tick that you want them to automatically increase it. The next year, they are just going to increase it automatically to 5%. And then every year they add, they add a percentage to it. So before you know, because when it's increasing that little, it's it doesn't really, it's not so significant that you feel it's in your pockets, right? So you could do that. Those little increases, just a little every either every month or every year, whatever. Just do that automatic thing. I don't know if you have it. If you have it, I would suggest that you do that. If not, then do it yourself. After just, you know, we um look at your finance, your financial situation, especially if you're not starting early, right? If you're not starting early, then you should be thinking about putting a huge chunk aside. But if you are in your 20s, if you are young, then, I mean, time is on your side, right? You have a lot of time. You can decide to do 5%. But um, if you're older, think about it. Um, it's it's better to, you know, put more aside. So you could start with 4%, whatever, and then just increase it so you get the maximum. So in the book, I, I saw that Pastor Steve puts the author. Yeah, that's the name of the author. So in the book that I was talking about, he talked about two couples, right? One couple decided to increase the to 15%. And the other couple was like, nah, 15% is just too much. Let us stay at 6%. And so at the end, both of them were able to retire. They retired all right. But the couple that did 15% ended up having 500,000 more in their accounts than the couple that did only the 6%. That is huge, 500,000. That's half a million dollars just by deciding to do 15%. So really, like consider it's don't, when wherever you start, don't stay there. Try to increase it so you get to the point where you are contributing um, at least 20% because we all want to be rich. We want to be rich so that we can, you know, advance um, the kingdom of God. We want to be rich so that we can take care of our kids. And the Bible says that that's, um, a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children, not just your children, but for your children's children. So if you want to be able to get to that point, we need to be able to save, like put a lot away for um for our children and our children's children. Amen. And then um the next thing I want to talk about is an IRA. So if you don't have a 401k, your company doesn't um have a 401k, you could open your own um retirement account and it's called an IRA individual retirement accounts. So they have the traditional and then the um and then the Roth. I realize that I don't have enough time. So I'm not I'm not going to go into details, but this is something you can easily read. If you get the book, the book is not, it's less than $10. And then I mean if you don't want to buy the book, that's also fine. If you go online, just type IRA. You're going to get a wealth of information. You could also go to Nerd Wallets. It's 
it's a place that I really like. I they have like a lot of um people write stuff like um not just people but financial gurus, right? They they are always bringing out articles and for me I learned a lot. I learned a lot from um Nerd Wallet. So you could go to Nerd Wallet and then read up on like whatever topic you want. They would have um a wealth of information there. So I've given us two goals. Right, the first goal was build an agency account, start with thousand dollars, and then build it to um at least six months. And then our second goal is to invest in our four hundred one k. So our third goal is debts. We don't want to be in debt. We want to get out of debt as fast as we can. No more debt. If you are in debt, like this is this is this this should be your number one goal. Well, no, not your number one goal, but after after the first one. So so if you are in debt, what you really want to do is first save the thousand dollars. I don't don't save more than thousand dollars. Save the thousand dollars because usually when you're carrying this kind of debt, the debts on um credit cards, the interest rate is so high. I mean, we are talking double digits, right? The interest rates are so high. It's, it just doesn't make sense to save money, you know, when um, you are being charged a lot of interest. So if you have debts to pay off, I suggest that first start with $1,000 emergency. Second, um, do the 401k, but don't do more than the match. Just do enough to get your company's match and then divert all other money into um the debt because we want you to get out of debt as quickly as possible. So um there are different school of thoughts. Some suggest that um you pay off the one with the higher interest rates. Others also suggest that you pay the ones with um the smaller balance. So usually those who suggest that you pay the smaller balance is just for um psychological satisfaction, right? Just so you can see that oh I've been able to pay this one off you know, it's it just it just makes you feel good, right? So I guess um really it's it depends. It's up to you. For me, I hate paying interest. I like I hate paying interest. And so me personally, I would go with um getting rid of the one with the higher interest rates because I, I don't want to be paying so much interest. So that is me personally, that's what I would do. But if you are the kind who you 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 enjoy the small wins. And it's very important, psychologically, it's important for you to see that I've been able to pay this one off. Then I will suggest that you start with, you know, the small balance, pay that one off. But um, once you do that, I won't, it, it doesn't make sense to still do the small balances. I think it's better to just pay the ones with the higher interest rates because in interest rates are just, it's, it's just, a killer, right? It's, we are trying to build wealth and we don't want somebody else taking our money away from us. So it's whatever you do, just deal with debt and stop. the. I guess if you're in debt, the first thing that you should do really is stop going into debt. Like just stop it. If, 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 it's, if it's something you can't deal with, I, what I would suggest is your credit cards, like just cut them up. Stop using credit cards. I mean, credit cards are good if you know how to use them. But if you've gotten to the point where, you know, you you are in debt, so much debt, I suggest that don't use them. Just put your credit cards away. Cut them up. Don't use them. Say bye-bye to credit cards. Don't use them. That's that's like the best advice I can give you this evening. If you are in debt, stop using credit cards. And the next thing I want to talk about is, um, again, we are still on debt, right? If you're on debt, if you're in debt, the other thing you want to do is renegotiate your rates. Just ask. Just go call the bank, tell them that, okay, I, I really want to pay this debt off, but this rate is killing me. Please give me a lower rate. Just, there's, there's no harm in asking, right? Ask for a lower rate. If they say no, tell them, okay, you're going to close your account. You're going to um, 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 take, um, I mean, like get another bank, the bank that is going to give you the lower rates. Say that because you never know, right? So these people are always in, they are in competition. And so they don't mind, you know, um, giving you a lower rate just to keep your business. So just ask, 
renegotiate your rates. And then the next thing is consolidate your debts. If you have like a lot of debts, different, different debts, try to get all of them on one card because it's easier, right? But if you can't, that's okay. Just um, pay the ones with, like I said, pay the ones with the highest interest rates first and then go from there. And then if you read the book that I just suggested, I think he also has um, a method. I didn't really read about it because I didn't have, like, I wasn't worried about that. So I didn't read that chapter. I read the other ones that I was interested in. So if if you are interested in it, I, I think he has a system in there and you could really benefit from it. And then um, the other thing is what you can also do. So the fourth, so first is stop carrying card, um, credit cards. Number two, lower your rates or renegotiate your rates. Try to get lower rates. The third one is to consolidate your debts. If you're not able to um, just tackle one debt at a time, pay the one with the highest interest rates. And then the fourth one, so what money are you going to use to pay off this debts? So what you can do is the what you, the, your 401k, right? So if, say, you were putting like 10% into your 401k, reduce it make it 5% because really, like I said, it doesn't make sense, especially if your interest is double digits because you're not going to get that. The most you're going to get, I mean, research suggests that if especially if you have been in the market for a long time, I think it's usually between 8 to 10%. That's the return you're going to get. So really, it doesn't make sense that you are getting only 8 to 10% and yet you are paying about 15%, 20% on your credit card, right? I'm, all, I'm out of time. So um, the fifth, sorry. So the first one I talked about the goals, right? The goals I talked about. One, you should um, build that emergency account. Two, you should have your four hundred one k. Three, get out of debt. The fourth one is home ownership. Home ownership. If right now you are um, renting, I want you to start thinking about having your own home. Um, was it Miles Monroe? I was listening to one preacher. I think it was Miles Monroe. He said something about the only real um, you know, estates or the only real property. We don't have real estates. When we talk about wealthy people, you're not even plants. So I want that to be your goal. If you are renting, I want you to have that goal in the back of your mind. Once we have dealt with debt, you want to get to a place where you are not renting anymore. You want to be your own um, landlord. Get to the point where you are your own landlord. I'm sorry I wasn't able to go into details, but um, yeah, so that's the fourth one, home ownership. Again, if he gets the book, he's going to talk, like he has a lot a lot of steps in there. What you can do if you if you already home, um, if you already own a home, what you can do to be able to pay your home um off quickly, and then you know um actually be on the road to becoming a millionaire. He talks about all of that. So um really um I recommend that book. You should get the book. It's only ten dollars. That is good investment into your life. And then the fifth one is generosity. Be generous. Remember, I said that there is a purpose for having money, right? God gave us, um, God wants us to have money for kingdom advancements and then um to show love to the world. So be generous, just be generous, just like give, give to people. Um, for us Christians, we are called to tithe. Remember that in the um in the new testaments. We don't give because we want to be given, right? We give because we have been given. We give because God has been generous to us. We give because God has given unto us. So I want us to have that mentality, have that mindset that we give because God has blessed us so generously. And so it's important that you give. In the book that I'm talking about, he gave, um, he talked about um, a story, um, um, a couple that's, I mean, they weren't so rich, but now they are really, really rich. I think, I, I don't think they are still alive, but 
These were people who were tithing. They were, I don't think they were even Christians, but they were tithing. They were giving 10% of their money away. They were generous. They were giving to charities. And they weren't making so much money. They were making only $50 a week. And yes, they managed to give way before they became wealthy. So remember the story. Way before they became wealthy, they started giving. Remember that, um, and the Bible also says that if you are faithful in little, right, then of course you're going to be faithful in much. Again, I listened to another man of God. He said that money only amplifies your character. So if you have little and you cannot give, trust me, when you get a lot, there is no way you're going to give. So don't think that, oh, I don't have so much and so I can't give. And so when I get a lot, that's when I'm going to give. The truth is, if right now you are not giving, now that you don't have a lot, if you are not giving, when you start having a lot, there is no way you are going to give. Starts from now. The little that you have, be generous. Give to other people and then see what God would do in your life. Amen. So I know we are out of time, but I, I just wanted to recap. There were five things that I said about um. It's very important, and that's why I want I want to recap. So number one is to build that emergency at least. Start with a thousand savings. Number two, um, pay yourself first, which is the four one k. At least do enough to get the match. Number three, get out of debts. Like treat us like cancer. Get out of debts. Don't stay in debt. Number four, if you are renting, think about owning a home. Think about becoming your own landlord. And then number five, be generous and then see what God would do in your life. Amen. Okay, let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this evening. We thank you um, that you are the one who gives money. You are the source of wealth. You um, And that whatever money that we receive, it is a blessing from you. We are only called to be trust. We are only called to be stewards. We pray that as we have heard your word, O oh God, that we will be stewards indeed. We will be stewards such that we'll be able to bless others, we'll be able to advance your kingdom, we'll be a blessing to the world, we'll be generous to other people and we'll help advance your kingdom. I pray, O oh God, that as we have listened to your word, that this will be a blessing to each and every one of us. If any of us is in debt, debt that is crippling, we pray, O oh God, for supernatural um, heavens to be open unto that person, that you will use men, bring men supernaturally in our ways to help deal with death and to help us, oh God, become all that you have called us to be. In the mighty name of Jesus, have we prayed with thanksgiving. Amen. Amen.